And good Friday, everyone. Fred Jackson here on this edition of The Awakening. Been a busy news week, and right and today it's a Friday. Sometimes, you know, summertime Fridays, not much happening. Not today, folks. It is 12 noon in Huntsville, Alabama, and just after. And we'll call it a high noon showdown that's developing right there. And it involves Kirk Cameron. You know, he's been going across the country. Uh, He has been facing a battle about uh, going into libraries, public libraries, taxpayer-funded libraries, to read good, wholesome books. A lot of libraries across the country have resisted that. Well, the latest is a library in Huntsville, Alabama. Kirk Cameron was supposed to have an event there tomorrow, but yesterday he got notice that the library, and I think it's in Madison, suburb of Huntsville, has decided to cancel that event. Reporter Chris Woodward is joining me in studio right now. You've been watching this this Mm -hmm. morning. Uh, It's not only Kirk Cameron and some other people involved with this, and uh, a deadline has been given by Kirk Cameron and his allies to the Library Association to change their mind about this. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Yesterday, on behalf of Kirk Cameron and Brave Books, the uh, organization he's a part of now, Uh, First Liberty Institute sent a letter to the Huntsville-Madison County Library urging that they reverse a decision to cancel a book reading by Kirk Cameron and another Brave Books author, Riley Gaines. We all know that name. Again, this was all scheduled for tomorrow. The local Moms for Liberty chapter there in North Alabama was uh, behind the event uh, trying to get it organized. But uh, First Liberty has given the library officials until noon today to respond. I have a request in for First Liberty Institute to let me know after this segment wraps up what, if anything, happened as of noon today. So stay tuned on AFN uh, for updates on that. I will point our readers and listeners to our website, where at the moment we have an article about what Fred just mentioned. Uh, We have reaction, or a statement rather, from officials there in North Alabama. They say, while the... While the initially planned event was suited for the Madison Library's capacity, the scope of attendees quickly grew. The Moms for Liberty group failed to apply for an event permit in advance, and it was determined that city resources cannot support an event of this size on such short notice. Alternative accommodations have been recommended to the organization to ensure a safe and well-attended event. Uh, Moms for Liberty says the city has not talked to her about anything other than to say move to private property because of security. Those are some comments that she uh, made to news outlets also covering this uh, situation, but definitely one to watch, Fred. Absolutely. And, you know, here's the thing. There is now a history of the American Library Association resisting Mm -hmm. uh, the desire. Again, uh, libraries are taxpayer-funded. Kirk Cameron's argument in all of this, hey, Uh, You have drag queen events Mm -hmm. uh, at your facilities. You don't have a problem with that. Uh, Now, today, the excuse being used uh, there in Huntsville by the library there is that uh, they're expecting a larger crowd. They're saying maybe 300 people or so. But I think it was Moms for Liberty that said, you know, they talked about 250 all the way along. And, uh, you know, if it got to that kind of capacity, a fire marshal or somebody could just say you can't have any more people in there. But instead, the library said, we're canceling the whole event Mm -hmm. at this place. But as I was saying, this has been part of a campaign uh, by the American Library Association. And uh, I was looking at a, I think it was a Fox News story this morning. And uh, they played a clip in that news story 
about the uh, ALA, the American Library Association, kind of coaching libraries across the country on how to deal with Kirk Cameron. Cut number five. Right now, uh, Brave Books and Kirk Cameron are conducting a campaign to take over libraries on August 5th by applying for to use uh, encouraging individuals to apply to use library meeting rooms for Kirk Cameron story hours. So let's look at how you can use that public forum doctrine to construct policies and procedures that will help you keep control of the library yourself. Yeah. I'm not sure who that was, uh, obviously an official with the ALA or the American Library Association. First of all, she says uh, he's got a campaign to take over the libraries. Mm-hmm. No, there are groups that use libraries all the time. Kirk Cameron and, uh, and, and the group uh, Moms for Liberty mm-hmm. wanted to use the facility just like other groups. The plan was in place. Approval had been given but now, you know, all of a sudden, oh, we think there's going to be too many, so we're just going to cancel the whole thing. Yeah, Cameron uh, requested what many broadcasters are familiar with uh, in the form of equal time. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, if you're going to allow a guy dressed as a scary clown and calling himself a woman to read books in front of kids, I should be able to come into this taxpayer-funded institution and read less scary, less woke uh, things to kids as well because it's taxpayer-funded and free speech, right? Unfortunately, we're seeing other libraries uh, telling Kurt Cameron, hey, we don't want you here, we can't have you doing this, that kind of stuff. Uh, He has uh, been successful in getting uh, his event to actually go forward in other libraries. The thing that is interesting here, Fred, is, you know, I think a lot of people are familiar with or maybe even – um, accustomed to this kind of thing going on in, in so-called liberal areas, uh, you know, Berkeley or Illinois, some some blue city or blue state. This is red state Alabama mm-hmm. where this is going on. So it goes to show that you shouldn't just go, well, thank goodness I don't live in those places. It'll never happen where I live. It is happening where you live or it's happening in regions of the country where you don't think it uh, goes on. Well, listen, the American Library Association has a reputation of being far to the left. In fact, their current president, just elected in April of 2022, is Emily Drobinski. Mm-hmm. And in a media post that apparently has, has since been deleted, uh, here's a dark quote from her. I just cannot believe that a Marxist lesbian who believes that collective power is possible to build and can be wielded for a better world is now president-elect of the American Library Association. She describes herself as a Marxist lesbian. That's who's been elected. Mm -hmm. It was very interesting. The Montana State Library uh, Commission voted uh, just a few weeks ago to extract themselves from the ALA over this when this revelation Mm -hmm. came about how the new president describes herself as a Marxist lesbian. Yeah, if you're going to be a higher up in an organization that prouds itself or prides itself in in having a a collection of thoughts, a variety of thoughts and opinions, you have to be open to other people that you don't agree with coming and using their First Amendment freedoms to to read, right? Uh, There's no reason why Kirk Cameron, Riley Gaines, or anybody should not be able to come into the uh, taxpayer-funded institution if it is all already uh, housing the drag queen story hours and other things uh, going on out there in the name of diversity and inclusion. Yes, and I, I can't stress enough, 
taxpayer-funded facilities. Right. This is the kind of thing that uh, city councils should be dealing with, uh, that especially, as you were mentioning, you know, sometimes in places like Berkeley, California, and others, the control by liberals. But I would think in Huntsville, Alabama, there are enough conservatives there in, in hopefully positions of authority that they will take note of this mm-hmm. and they will do something about this because uh, if, if this is allowed to continue and it's, it's, it looks like now it's going to be challenged in the courts, we'll find out. We're talking to Liberty Institute sometime this afternoon right. to see what the library is going to do about this. But there should be a backlash in the community. If you care about the freedom that Christians should have to use taxpayer-funded facilities to come in and read good, wholesome books, if your library is opposed to that, whether it's Huntsville, Alabama, wherever the case may be, you ought to challenge that legally, Mm. which is what's happening. And for people not familiar with uh, the great state of Alabama, Huntsville is now the most populated city in the state. It's not just a little town in Alabama. It's bigger than Birmingham. It's bigger than Montgomery. It's bigger than Mobile. It's growing by leaps and bounds and has been for a while. Uh, So it's not just one little isolated incident in, in a town people can't find on a map. It's a huge part of Alabama. All right. This story is unfolding, and we will keep you updated here at American Family Radio on our newscast yes. and our website, AFN.net. Hey, much more ahead. We're going to take you to Chicago. And also, breaking news today, two members of the U.S. Navy have been arrested for spying for China. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. Tim Bush begins his commentary with this quote, We don't want to convert young people to Christ or to the Catholic Church or anything like that. He then asks, who said this? Not an atheist, not a defender of the separation of church and state, not even a member of another religion. It was spoken by the leader in the Catholic Church. No matter what your denominational background, Catholic, Protestant, whatever, you can probably see the issue. We have loss of courage and conviction. He observes that many religious believers are losing their courage to defend their beliefs. Yet modern society desperately needs vibrant faith communities that stand strong for timeless principles and deeper truths. We're facing threats to the sanctity of human life and threats to the institutions of marriage and family. We're facing threats to our ability to practice our religious beliefs, though we have recently enjoyed many victories for religious liberty in the courts. And he concluded that one of the biggest threats facing modern society is the rise of transgenderism. His question is appropriate. Will religious believers take the heat without melting? Many are, but others are not. He points to religious hospitals facing pressure to accept transgenderism and concludes that we make clear that changing genders is impossible and wrong. His observations and conclusions are what we have been discussing on radio for the last few years. It has become even more important for Christians to develop biblical discernment when so many issues and principles are up for debate. And it is equally important for Christians to develop biblical courage to act on those biblical convictions. So I agree with his assessment that religious believers need to address these social issues that will determine the direction America takes. It is time for Christians to show courage. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Socialism, go to viewpoints.info slash socialism. That's viewpoints.info slash socialism. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. 
Those attacking Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas are a carefully orchestrated small number of people designed to look like broad-based support for their radical leftist ideas. Far-left donors like the Sandler Foundation, George Soros, and the Ford Foundation fund leftist groups like ProPublica, Campaign Legal Center, Demand Justice, and the Judicial Conference, who feed off each other. For example, ProPublica's article attacking Thomas cited so-called experts from two of the other groups. Demand Justice that supports court packing called for reforms based on reporting from ProPublica. So when you hear calls for Clarence Thomas to resign, remember, it's a paper tiger, a small group of well-funded organizations hired to be mouthpieces for far-left donors. Check out Life Issues on Facebook and stay more informed than you've ever been. And we are back to the Friday edition of The Awakening. Fred Jackson in today. And uh, my time uh, sitting in for you, uh, being here next week. But we're looking forward to our brand new host that's starting here in The Awakening on the 11th. uh, No, 14th. Pardon me. On the 14th, Monday the 14th, Todd Herman. He'll be joining me a week from today just to have a chat so you can get to know him. And uh, he's our our new host starting full-time on uh, on Monday, on the 14th. And we're excited about Todd coming. Uh, oh, I tell you what, uh, Oodles of Experience uh, has filled in for Rush Limbaugh from time to time uh, when that was uh, a very uh, famous show and uh, has been part of a, uh, a talk radio station, a big talk radio station in the Seattle area. So a lot of experience, and he comes with, uh, you know, the, the heart of the Lord. He wants uh, He wants it to be a mission field, a, a time on the, uh, on the program uh, where uh, a biblical perspective is brought to the news of the day, which was you know, kind of what we've been doing with Bishop Jackson and, uh, and in this program slot for many years. So I'm excited about Todd coming. And uh, as I say, a week from today, I'll have him on. And so you can get a chance to get to know him uh, before he takes over the chair here on, uh, on American Family Radio at noon central each day. All right, we all know the situation in Chicago when it comes to crime. Uh, The numbers are just horrific. It seems every Monday morning there is a report on the number of shootings there's been in that city, on, sadly, the number of murders. It is, I'm not sure whether it is the murder capital of the United States of America, uh, but it would come very close to it. It is crime-ridden. Uh, mayors that have come along. Lori Lightfoot was the mayor for many years there, Democrat. And uh, really, uh, her, her goal was amongst many other Democrat leaders, sadly to say, was to basically demonize the police department, uh, make cuts in the police department. And one would think that with all of that as a background, growing concern about the violence there, that they would elect a mayor uh, who perhaps was promising to do something about that. But instead, they elected a man by the name of Brandon Johnson. The crime has continued. It is as bad as ever. Heard a report this morning that so far this year, 1,700 people shot there. And last month, um, again, a report that I heard this morning, at least almost two murders a day they were averaging last month there in the city of Chicago. Well, you may have seen the video from last weekend 
about a large group of, I would say, mostly young people that went into a 7-Eleven, trashed it, looted it, throwing items in the air, damaging vehicles in the parking lot. And so yesterday, I believe, or Wednesday, pardon me, on Wednesday, the mayor, Mayor Brandon Johnson, held a news conference. All right? Now, you would expect a mayor to say, you know, quiet things down. We're going to do something about this. We're going to crack down on all this looting and the breaking into businesses. But he got a question from a reporter basically asking him what he was going to do about this mob violence. And his response was to chastise the reporter for using the word mob. He was offended by that. Have a listen to this, cut number 10. Oh, you're not aware of some of these large gatherings? You're talking about the, the mob actions? Well, no. That's, 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 that's not appropriate. We're not talking about mob actions. But we have to be very careful when we use language to describe certain behavior. There's history in this city. I mean, to refer to children as like baby Al Capones is not appropriate. In fact, the preferred uh, uh, term that's being used in Chicago by the politically correct crowd there is teen takeover. Teen takeover. Is it any wonder why the crime continues at the rate that it does? These kids involved, I don't, uh, they say there were 40 arrests, but if I was a betting man, as our founder Don Wildman was off to say, if I was a betting man, uh, it's kind of a revolving door there. These kids, they come in, they may be processed, but right out the door again. They laugh about this stuff. They laugh about this stuff. The mayor even said in this news conference, unfortunately, 40 people were arrested. So, you're a young person. You're inclined to do these kinds of things in Chicago. you got a mayor on your side. You don't have to worry about it. You know, it's kind of like, I remember back, this was during, I think was during the Obama years. And he was asked about, you know, terrorists uh, in the Middle East and young man terrorists. And a spokesman for the State Department actually said this, what these people really need is jobs. They're, they're acting as terrorists because they don't have employment. This is the thinking of the liberal mind, folks, that you don't hold people accountable for, what, for their behavior, for their actions, unless, you're, of course, you're a conservative. But when it comes to this kind of activity, to mob activity, and that's exactly what it was, and if you Google this, you'll, you can see this video of this 7-Eleven rampage the other night. It is looting. It is mob violence. No question about it. But that's the liberal mind think, that they should not be held accountable for their actions, that somehow, you know, uh, they're facing hard economic times. You know, I was looking at how these kids were dressed that did this the other night at 7-Eleven. They didn't look like kids in poverty. They were probably wearing footwear that was 100 bucks. Nice clothes. Now, it's, it's not about they needed anything at the 7-Eleven. It's not about they were hungry and wanted a loaf of bread. No, this is just, they were all laughing and carrying on. This was their idea of having fun and destroying a business. And we have seen this over and over and over again. I remember during the Black Lives Matter Antifa protests, 
in the wake of uh, George Floyd's death. Uh, a lot of these kids, they were laughing and carrying on. They thought it was funny to throw Molotov cocktails at police, uh, police officers and, and police vehicles, to burn buildings, uh, to destroy federal property. And that's, that's the kind of thing that folks are, are talking about, this two-tier justice system. One group of people over here, we're going to go hard on them if they, we think they step out of line. But then you have this other group of people, and they're allowed to escape any kind of, of justice. Well, uh, we're going to see if justice is going to be done. Uh, there's a story that broke this morning. Two U.S. Navy sailors charged uh, now with providing sensitive military information to China including details on wartime exercises, naval operations, and critical technical material. The name of one of these sailors is 22 years old, Chin Chao Wei, assigned to the San Diego-based USS Essex. Arrested while boarding the ship, he's accused of passing detailed information on the weapon systems and aircraft aboard the Essex and other amphibious assault ships. Prosecutors say Wei, who was born in China, was approached by a Chinese intelligence officer in February 2022 while he was applying to become a naturalized U.S. citizen. The indictment alleges Wei included as many as 50 manuals containing technical and mechanical data about Navy ships, as well as details about the number and training of Marines during an upcoming exercise. Second person arrested was 26-year-old Wang Hang Zhao, based at a naval base in Ventura County, north of San Diego. He's charged with conspiring to collect nearly $15,000 in bribes from a Chinese intelligence officer in exchange for U.S. naval exercise plans and operational orders. All right, we'll have to wait and see what happens with these two individuals. But can you imagine... Born in China, comes here, applying for a naturalized, to be a naturalized citizen, and he's approached at that time by a Chinese tele- intelligence officer to spy for them. And he goes ahead. You know, we have to be very mindful. We're, we're living in a different, different age now with the Biden administration. You know, I kind of go back. You know, it, it's very interesting. In this story uh, that I have in front of me on this, and they talk about uh, the fact of that China is our greatest enemy when it comes to uh, desire to steal intelligence <clears throat> from our military people. U.S. officials admit that. But I go back to that <laughs> weather balloon that was allowed to move across our country. Remember the Biden administration? It detected this thing way up in the northwestern part of the country but allowed it to continue, and they knew it was a spy balloon. They allowed that spy balloon to continue to move right across this country. And after it had the opportunity to take all kinds of pictures of our military establishments right across the country, the Biden administration waited until it got off the East Coast, and then they brought it down. And then they patted themselves on the back for doing a great job. One has to wonder, and by the way, folks, Also coming across our southern border, and our Border Patrol people have confirmed this, many people who are coming in from China. 
All right? But this is all a result of Joe Biden's policies. It's open border time. These people are coming in, and they know. I'm anxious to see what's going to happen to these two individuals, these young men who have now been arrested and charged with spying for the Chinese. You know, in Beijing, they're just laughing at us right now, folks, and the president that we have. All right, much more ahead. There's Election Day coming up next Tuesday. We're going to talk a little bit about that. A big uh, a vote, an important vote in Ohio and also uh, in Mississippi. So we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. This is the Friday edition of The Awakening. Much more ahead. Don't go away. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. Once outside Rome, on our way to Naples, we stopped at a restaurant for a rest stop. When we were returning to our bus, we met a couple of men who were peddling watches. They were trying to sell to several members of our group. I noticed a couple who were looking at one watch. The man was asking $130 for the watch. They looked at it for a moment and then gave it back to the man. He then approached me and asked if I wanted it. I told him, no, I I wasn't interested. He then pulled me aside and said he'd let me have it for $80. Although I wasn't interested in the watch, my bargaining curiosity was aroused, and I told him that it was still too high. He wanted to know if I was the tour leader. I told him that I was. That being the case, he said, he'd let me have it for $50. Well, I looked at the watch again. It was an Omega. Although my knowledge of watches was limited, I remembered that Omega was a pretty good brand of watch. I looked at it a little closer. It looked like a good buy, but the fact remained that I didn't need the watch. I had a good one. I thought about it for a moment and then shook my head and told him I wasn't interested. But he was persistent. And as I walked toward the bus, he asked what I would give for it. Being kind of ridiculous, I told him I'd give him $10. He balked a little and tried to act insulted. I walked on to the bus. He approached some others and tried to sell the watch to them. None were interested. Finally, just before we were ready to leave, he came to the bus and told me he'd take $20. Now, we started at 130 I kind of laughed a little, reached into my pocket, and pulled out a $10 bill. Again, he acted insulted, but as the door was being closed, he ran up, grabbed my $10, and handed me the watch. And all the way home, I thought about my bargain, a watch which he had once asked $130 for, I had bought for only $10. You know, it's not every day you have a chance at a bargain like that. Well, after I'd been home a few days, the watch stopped running. I carried it to the repair shop to get it fixed. It was there that I learned that the watch I had bought was not an Omega at all, but an imitation. Counterfeit. I had been taken. My bargain was no bargain at all. Many times I've thought about that incident and remembered the lesson it taught me. 
there are many areas to which this truth applies. For instance, many people are attracted to the Christian faith when the cross is left out. Like I was with a watch, they're looking for a bargain. But before long, they become disillusioned. Then they have to face the truth. Christianity minus the cross is no bargain at all. It is counterfeit. Remember that the next time you're offered Christianity at a bargain. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. And we are back to this Friday edition of The Awakening. Fred Jackson sitting in today, 888-589-8840. The number to call, 888-589-8840. We talked off the top of the show of the face-off going on this hour in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, Kirk Cameron uh, and uh, Moms for Liberty had an event planned for tomorrow at the local library there. Uh, and they were expecting quite a good crowd. But yesterday they got notice from the library, we're canceling you. And just a reminder, they just want to go in and read good, good wholesome books there. And, uh, you know, there's, this has been planned for some time. It's supposed to take place at uh, various venues across the country. But in Huntsville, Alabama, where Kirk Cameron was going to be, uh, they decided yesterday, gave notice that uh, the library was canceling the event. Well, uh, Liberty Institute, uh, a late Christian legal firm, has let it be known and gave it the, the library until noon, which was about 34 minutes ago, to change their mind on that or face legal action. So we're monitoring that this afternoon. But it's part of the hostility, folks, let's face it, uh, against any kind of, of Christian, event, uh, Christian events like this. Uh, we know the American Library Association is headed by a woman who self-describes as a Marxist lesbian. Talked about that. So it's just more of, of the kind of spiritual warfare that's going on in this country. But we need to be aware of these things and, and to fight back, uh, just like Kirk Cameron and Liberty Institute are doing right now. Uh, the event was supposed to be held tomorrow. It's been planned for some time. They had permission to do it, but it got canceled yesterday. So uh, your comments on that? Also, what's going on in places, Chicago is just the latest incident, where the mayor there got offended when a reporter referred to a riot, a mob, at a 7-Eleven store there last weekend. He got offended by the term, the use of the term mob by the reporter. Says, no, we can't have that in this city. And they're trying to call it something else like teen gatherings or a teen get-togethers. Don't call it that. Don't call it a mob. But this is what happens when you put someone like this mayor in, in, in authority like this. And it's perplexing that Chicago would continue to nominate and elect people to head their community that have this soft-on-crime mentality. I'm going to go to our phones in just a second, but wanted to quickly mention, of course, what happened yesterday. Former President Trump pleading not guilty to four new charges from the Biden Justice Department, those charges related to uh, his alleged activity with regards to January the sixth, and 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 really that none of the charges relate to the to the riot at the Capitol building. No, what they're charging him with is his efforts, his statements that he made that he questioned the results of the 2020 election. Now, most people are saying, "Listen, uh, 
This is a First Amendment issue that a sitting president, just like has happened in, what, 2000, when, uh, you know, the uh, Democrats challenged election results back then. It's not a crime to challenge an election result. It's not a crime to ask your lawyers what can be done about this. It's not a crime to say maybe we should recount in certain locations. But there it is. We, we know we have a very politicized uh, Justice Department now, and this is just the latest chapter. It was very interesting this morning. I heard a comment from attorney Leo Terrell, who used to be a Democrat, by the way. He's a civil rights lawyer. And he says there's no crime listed in the indictment and that Team Trump should move to dismiss this case. Cut number three. This is not a legal indictment. This is a political indictment. And I, if I was on the Trump team right now, I would file a motion to dismiss. I read that indictment, and in the four corners of that indictment, there is no criminal charge unless you accuse, unless you allege speech as a crime. Mm. And I'll tell you right now, that's what the Trump team should do, is to file a motion to dismiss this, get this case out of the hands of this district judge and up to the appellate court and eventually to the United States Supreme Court. 888-589-8840. Yes, uh, the, the, the former president continues to undergo this, this kind of persecution. And I'll, I'll tell you what, whether you like the former president or not, and he's your favorite candidate going into 2024, or maybe it's Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis of Florida. Uh, maybe you like uh, Nikki Haley. Maybe you like Tim Scott. Uh, they're all good people. Uh, but you cannot deny that the former president has been facing persecution some people say ever since he walked, he walked down that escalator in 2015. Remember what Hillary Clinton said when he was elected in 2016, that he was an illegitimate president. Remember that. So, And then there's the whole Russia collusion thing, two impeachments against uh, the former president, and now these ongoing charges. It's, it's interesting to look at what has happened to the former president in the polls, it seems every time uh, that he faces, and now it's, this was courtroom uh, number three yesterday. Uh, It was New York first for uh, monies allegedly paid uh, to keep a former porn star uh, quiet during election campaign. Uh, We have the documents case in Mar-a-Lago, which even some conservative uh, legal experts say that may be the toughest one for the former president. There was the case yesterday uh, dealing with January 6th, and there's one more, this one in Georgia. So this is going to be ongoing, but here's what's been happening. And people are scratching their heads about this. Every time that uh, the the former president has to go to court to answer from on these uh, Biden Justice Department charges, that his polling numbers go up. And we're seeing the same kind of thing. There is a large gap between the former president and the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. And some are beginning to argue, and, and, and there was a report in the last few days, that former Democrat President Barack Obama had a meeting with Joe Biden in June. And apparently the former president, Barack Obama, warned Joe Biden 
that former President Donald Trump is a foe that you should not take lightly. Because there is a movement, again, as I say, whether you're behind the former President Trump or not, there is a movement in this country to say this man is being treated unfairly and he deserves another chance, another crack at being president. It's a dynamic that we have not seen before. But for sure, its ongoing legal problems have not hurt the former president. And I think that's just going to continue. All right, let's go to our phones to Texas, and we say hello to David. David, go ahead. Hi, Fred. I sure have enjoyed you filling in. You do a great job. Well, thank you, sir. Um, the Democrats, anybody who will willingly kill babies, and I don't say this lightly, will stop at nothing short of murder to stay in control. And I think that uh, there's a cabal of people running the Democrat Party. Biden and Harris are not doing anything. We know that. And I think the long-term plan is to get Joe out next year because of medical purposes, elevate Kamala to president to get the black vote, which they're losing, so they can say, look what we've done, first black woman, She'll be a figurehead like Joe. And Gavin Newsom is the real problem. He is the guy they're grooming. So it doesn't matter what Joe Biden does or what Kamala Harris does. They're not the issue. It's the Democrat Party that is the problem. So I'll stop and let you comment. Thank you, Fred. Have a good no, weekend. No, uh, all good comments, David. Uh, it, it's It's really interesting. There's a lot of hand-wringing, we are told, within the Democratic Party right now. There's no question about that. Uh, They are worried. They are very worried about Joe Biden for a lot of different things. They're worried about his mental capacity and his ongoing problems when he goes off script, uh, script at a podium, what's happening to him. The American people can see this. But also, uh, they're out there toting Bidenomics right now. Well, that's not working out very well either. Because the American people, poll after poll after poll, there was a CNN poll the other day that says the American people aren't buying Bidenomics at all. They say it's a disaster. And uh, so it's becoming a problem for the Democratic Party. All right. Much more ahead. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. Your verdict on these stories. We'll hear from you when we come back. AFA is no longer dependent on Facebook or YouTube to live stream our original programming. As of now, American Family Radio shows like Today's Issues, The Court, Airing the Addisons, and The Hamilton Corner are streaming live on the AFA streaming app. Independent live streaming is the next step as we come out from among them and separate ourselves unto the Lord. Search AFA streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. Prior to birth, children need our help. Read A Pastor's Notes, God Calls the Church to Stand Boldly for Life by Pastor Joseph Parker. We are called this day to stand for the innocent and speak out on their behalf. This collection of essays by Pastor Joseph challenges us to take a public stand to protect the lives of the unborn. 
A Pastor's Notes is available now at resources.afa.net. The body of Jesus Christ must speak up. Hi, I'm Jan Harper. If you're a pastor's wife, come be encouraged and renewed as you share your challenges and stresses unique to pastors and their wives. The AFA Fishbowl Retreat 2023, September 26th through the 28th at the Riverbend Retreat Center in beautiful Glen Rose, Texas. Here's exploring the words Bert Harper. I've experienced Satan's attack on our marriage and on our family. And Jan and I worked through that with the grace of God. And we want to just love on those pastors and encourage them. Bert and his wife Jan are hosting again this year with speakers Jeff and Debbie Shreve from Real Truth for Today. Most of the time when we ask that question why, God's response is, my child, just trust me. Register at repairingthefoundations.net, repairingthefoundations.net, or call 662-844-5036, extension 297. The AFA Pastors and Wives Fishbowl Retreat. We'd love to see you there. So that's why I want to focus on, and it does come down to relationship. Jay Warner Wallace on Focus on the Family Minute. You know why I'm Jay Warner Wallace? Because I have a grandpa named Warner. And I want that relationship. He's been dead for years. But it's a relationship that changes everything. And if you think that, you know, I'm a grandparent. I'm not a parent anymore. It turns out that I only remember my grandfather when he was probably in his 60s and 70s. Like, I didn't know him well enough before then. Everything I want to be is from hanging out with a guy who was in his 60s, 70s, and 80s. Don't think for a second you don't have impact on your grandkids. These are the decades when you are going to have impact. Hear more from Jay Warner today at FamilyMinute.org. And we are back. Uh, Let's go to our phones. We talked a little bit uh, ago about voting that's happening on Tuesday. Uh, Ohio has a big vote. Also in Mississippi. Let's go to Ohio right now. We have a caller. Sharon is on the line with us. Sharon, go ahead. Yes, I am so sorry to report that many of us may need to rethink our position on issue one. Okay. I was gung-ho. I right now have a sign in my yard saying, yes, vote yes. But unfortunately, there's a poison pill in this. The change from requiring 44 counties to 88 counties' approval to be on the ballot makes it nearly impossible to ever get anything on the ballot, ever. This is a horrible situation. Um, Those of us that were pro-life especially, we were thrilled to make the bar larger, especially as it's pertaining to our November vote. But we're cutting our throat if we vote yes for this. I've changed my mind. I'm going out to take my sign out of the yard and vote no. Well, yeah, that that is confusing, and and we'll certainly look into this because... On the front of this uh, is a oh, yeah. is a vote, and there's been a huge early vote on this. I was just reading a story this morning, so there's a, a lot of energy already being displayed on this vote. Up front, the understanding has been that this uh, that this is about changing uh, for a constitutional amendment. Uh, you have to have sixty percent, and so it's going from fifty to sixty percent. Now the pro abortionists. Uh, if I understand this, Sharon, correctly, the pro-abortionists 
are against this and want people to vote no uh, because uh, if it passes or if it doesn't pass, then there's going to be a vote in the fall to make uh, abortion a constitutional right. A- am I right on the on the history up to now about this? Um, yeah, and I think all of us were in favor of bringing the voter requirement level up to 60 percent because it's needed. We don't need to have these things voted on willy-nilly that changed the Constitution to the state. but And it's true. Um, Planned Parenthood has put millions of dollars into this election mm. saying vote no, vote no, vote no. I can't believe I'll be voting the same as these um, ugly people. Okay. But the reality is the problem is there's a poison pill further in it. Okay. See, there. once this change goes into place, it will take 88 counties to ever put anything on the ballot and the guidelines for these um, signature rosters, it's, they can get those turned over so easily. It's nearly impossible to get 88 counties' okay. signatures through. All right, They're Sharon. It's harder to the point of impossible. I'm, I'm glad you called, Sharon. We're certainly going to look into this. We do have contacts in Ohio, and I certainly want to check this out, but I, I appreciate your call. All right, to Missouri. Go ahead, George. Hey, Fred. Hey. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. I pray that President Trump gets so many votes, electoral and regular votes, that it's so uncontestable. I, how can a man, how, how can a man like Biden sit in his basement and get 80, 80 million votes? I, I pray that. President Trump runs that one uh, lady uh, out of Arizona as his vice president. What, what's, what's her name? At, yeah, Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake, yeah. Yes. And I, I, hope he, I hope he goes through the deep state and fires everybody. <laughs> we are so corrupt in America right now with this Biden administration. It's unbelievable, and it seems like you can talk to people, you can talk to people, and the blinders are just, they, they got blinders on. Yeah, well, you've got, you've got two problems there, George. Uh, one of them is that we do have a, a, a very divided nation when it comes to politics. There's no question about that. A lot of people believe it's the independents that eventually decide who's going to win uh, on this. But you also have... And I keep coming back to this because I've been involved with media for many years. We have a mainstream media that are basically lapdogs for the Democrat Party. Some people have said you could put Mickey Mouse on the top of the Democrat ticket and they would vote uh, for Mickey Mouse. That's, that's just the way it is. And I don't think the Democratic Party is ever going back to traditional type liberalism uh, that we saw 30, 40 years ago. Uh, you have the radical left that's in charge. That's why uh, the the left has been uh, uh, fighting so hard against uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, being there. They don't like the fact that he has spoken out against vaccinations. They don't like the fact uh, that he has spoken out so strongly against what went on uh, in, as far as the source of the, of the virus during the pandemic. They don't like him for that. He is a more a traditional liberal. But that's not what the today's Democratic Party is all about. 
it has changed. All right, uh, Texas, Mary, go ahead. Hi, Fred. Hi there. Um, go ahead. I appreciate, I appreciate your uh, influence on this radio station. I just wanted to make a comment about everyone, mostly the Democrats, making such a big hoopla about Kamala Harris being the first black woman vice president and Obama being the first black president of our country. If they're gonna if they're gonna bring color into it, then state the truth. Obama is half white and he's half black. Kamala is part black, part Asian, and that's the only two they've brought up. So it looks like to me that's what she is. Why do they pick the black color to you know, to just hone in on that? Is it because they want the they think the black voters are going to switch over, you know, if they're not already Republican and they're going to switch over to the Democrats. You know, it, it's so annoying to me. Well, that uh, that, that. Mary, that's that's the kind of world we're living right now, you know, where it's not just politics. It's corporate America. Uh, it is the, you know, deals with the affirmative action case that the Supreme Court just ruled on. Uh, that, you know, uh, it's about checking boxes. It's about diversity, inclusion programs, all that sort of thing. Uh, you know, go back to uh, Martin Luther King. What did he talk about? He talked about character. He talked about let's look at character. Let's stop looking at the color of a person's skin or where they came from or their ancestry. Let's just simply look at a person's character. Who has the good ideas for the country? Who has integrity? Uh, let's start looking at that again. But you're fighting, uh, as I say, a mainstream media today that are lapdogs for the left. And uh, that's where that's where information, where you get your information uh, comes. Uh, so important. Uh, what you're reading. What's, uh, a lot of the electorate is, is ignorant to these issues, to the real agenda of what's going on here. But you know now, we've had almost... Three, three and a half years of Joe Biden. And uh, so we know the agenda. Now, he may talk about Bidenomics and how great things are, but you look at the polling, the American people aren't as stupid as the Democrats think they are. And when you talk about uh, the the vote across the country, uh, the Democrats are very worried about the Hispanic vote. Hispanic families are leaving the Democrat fold. Uh, you have... Uh, more and more of the African-American community that is switching over. Uh, it, it really goes back to uh, James Carville, uh, that Democrat operative from yesteryear. They still have him on CNN every now and then. Uh, he says it's about the economy, stupid. That's what it's going to come down to, where people are with the economy. And uh, I, I think that's, that's once again going to be one of the principal things. I think a lot of people are finding out the impact of Joe Biden's open border policy. Uh, have you seen the pictures lately in New York? Uh, the Democrats there have filled up a hotel where they are putting these people coming up from the southern border, and now they're sleeping on the streets. Uh, the mayor of New York said the other day he's called upon the Obama, uh, pardon me, the Biden administration to secure the border. Well, the Biden administration has been telling us the border is secure. But there you have a Democrat mayor in New York saying enough is enough. 
We need to secure the border. That was self, uh, self-confession self time, I think. All right, let's try to squeeze one more in here. Lori in Illinois, go ahead. Hi. Hi I there. just um, wanted to make two comments. Number one, um, they're prosecuting Trump for these classified papers in Mar-a-Lago, but when Joe Biden was vice president and he still had classified papers as president. In his garage, in his garage with his Corvette. With his drug addict son living there. And then I wanted to say about the Ohio thing. I just participated in my first ever survey Uh and the questions are skewed. So you have to be very careful how they're asking them. One question was, did I think the people of the state had access to all the books they wanted, which really is kind of, you know, is it okay to have porn in schools, basically, is what the question was. Hmm. But the way they phrased it, it's tricky. Yeah. Well, that's part of the problems in these kinds of referendums is is how they word the question sometimes. And that's why, you know, the various sides have to come out and and clarify this for people because you can get swayed sometimes when that question is very foggy uh so it's about educating all i can encourage people to do whether it's this ohio case is you need to call your member of the the legislature and uh ask them to clarify it for them so that you know really what's being asked and the impact of what your vote will be all right great to be with you today Much more great programming here at American Family Radio, not only today, but all weekend long. Uh, Stay tuned. Uh, We will keep you informed. As I say, we're following this story in Huntsville, Alabama, with regards to Kirk Cameron and the library there saying he can't do uh, his event tomorrow. Uh, Legal action may be taken as early as this afternoon. So stay tuned for that on American Family Radio. We'll see you again real soon. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.